I would say that being well is being comfortable with your life decisions, being comfortable within your own self and waking up in the morning and not wanting to immediately go back to sleep, I guess, and looking that forward is. to the day. It doesn't matter where the hell you come from. It doesn't matter who raised you. All that means nothing. You can overcome any of that. It's a simple black and white thing. It's like, it isn't where you're from. It is where you're at. It's like, you can't look back on your past and be like, this is why I why I am because of this. It's like, you can overcome that. There's ways right. to, to unlearn things. It's like, yeah, yeah, sure. It doesn't have to trap you. You can be aware of it. And then, okay, now what? What do you do with it moving forward? I'm learning something new every day with and how to be kinder to myself and how to be more forgiving of myself and how to be more loving toward me. Because I know that's just going to make my relationships with others much better at the end of the day, too. Welcome to the Collaborative Resource Hub by Wellness Provisions. We're bridging the gap between mental health, wellness, and rock and roll. I'm Amy McBride, owner of Wellness Provisions, the most badass wellness business. Hey, are you feeling a little stuck in life? I offer wellness coaching sessions. Book a session with me if you're seeking to get healthy and ahead. Sessions are available worldwide. And check this out. Wellness Provisions supplies rock and rollers with high quality supplements. We've simplified your shopping experience and given you a trustworthy place to go where you can essentially shop blindfolded. And did you know, all our Collaborative Resource Hub interviews air on YouTube as well as all major podcast platforms. Subscribe to stay in the loop. Go immerse yourself in the full Collaborative Resource Hub experience over on our website. You'll have access to helpful resources that will inspire and educate you. So let's inspire each other. If that guy did it, so can you. Last but not least, my legal disclaimer, nothing in this interview or the Collaborative Resource Hub substitutes medical advice. Please connect with your GP if you need medical guidance. Nick, how are you? Thanks for being here. Uh, thank you for having me, Amy. It feels good. It feels good to be uh, talking to someone on a Zoom meeting that isn't work-related. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, this should be uh, a good conversation. Your submission form, you checked off so many boxes. I'm just excited to talk. So Yeah, me too. Let's uh let's get it all out there. Yeah. So, first question, right out of the gate. What does wellness mean to you? Well, that's a good question. I think wellness I think wellness can mean a lot of things to me. You know, obviously Whenever I think of the term wellness, I think of physical and emotional wellness. And I think both of those can go, you know, are very important to go hand in hand with each other because, you know, if you're not physically, you know, well, you're a, probably emotionally not going to feel well. And if you're not emotionally well, you're not going to physically feel well either. You know, I've been dealing with like stomach issues for a few years now, and I kind of, you know, about the mind, body, gut, you know, bull that uh, coincides with one another. So it's hard to say, but I would just say that, I, I would say that being well is being comfortable, like with your life decisions, uh, being comfortable within your own self and just generally waking up in the morning and not wanting to immediately go back to sleep, I guess, and looking forward to the day. <laughs> totally. Yeah. I like that answer. What um what makes you look forward to your day when you wake up? Um 
first of all, probably listening to music first and foremost. Whenever I immediately wake up, I always, you know, want to throw on a record and, you know, take a take a nice hot shower. Uh, I'm a, I'm a morning shower guy, not a night shower guy, even after I play a show. And a lot of people give me lip for that. But, you know, they're like, why are you going to sleep in your own filth? That's disgusting. I'm like, well, because then I'll be wide awake for another two hours and I don't really want to do that. And uh, I know well, I take I do night showers and I hear I get more just slack for that because they're like only kids take night showers. I'm like, yeah. And so what? <laughs> I don't feel like that's uh, I don't know. I feel like. I feel like, man, that's funny that people say that to you because, uh, yeah, weird. Where do you live again? (laughs) (laughs) An East Coast thing, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. I mean, West Coast versus East Coast. But yeah. Um, uh, Sorry, what was the question again? That's okay. Music gives you a sense of purpose. What else does? Straight up. I mean, that is the number one. that is the probably the number one thing as far as you know wanting to look forward to the day um taking my dog for a walk in a weird way i look forward to getting certain kinds of work done especially if it's fun like you know one of my jobs is you know talent buying for a spot called alex's bar in long beach that i just happened to be wearing the shirt for i didn't really even mean to do that for the interview it's just a comfy shirt and right now i'm working on building out some fun lineups for the later fall and winter and you know it's work but you know once you get things locked in it's like yes you know so that's a good uh you know making a goal list and uh chopping off the goals of what you've done that's definitely a really good one of the best feelings in the world if I'm being honest you know nothing better than hit a crossing out something on your to-do list yeah how do you stay organized google docs uh google calendar that's pretty much it. Uh, I set alarms for certain things, but yeah, my Google Doc and my my Google Docs and my Google Calendars are very well organized. I'm on top of it. Considering how busy I am, I could probably only count on like one hand how many times I've double booked myself in my entire life. Wow, yeah. that's yeah. impressive. <laughs> Have you always been organized, or is it something you've had to like figure out just the busier you've gotten? You know, ever since I was a like a kid and like high school and college. Um, You know, in high school, I wasn't really the best student. I came around more when I started going to community college and then university, I definitely became a lot more organized. I mean, not a lot more organized, but just a lot more, I don't know, academically driven. But I will say that I always have been very well organized, like almost OCT to an extent where like, I'll straight up have to rip out a new piece of paper if I don't like my handwriting on it, which I know is so bad, but I am that kind of guy. You know, if you look at my desk, everything is like, it's not like super clean or anything, but everything is exactly where I want it to be. (laughs) And it's exactly with my, you know, my documents and my Google calendars, like everything's got to be in capital letters. Everything's got to be in, uh, I don't know, exact time. I put addresses where certain things are because it just makes my life easier when, you know, the day comes and yeah. Yeah, I dig it. Um, So has there been like a point in your life or it it could be multiple points or whatever, but where you were like, I got to make myself a priority. I have to refocus on myself. Like shit's going to, you know, hit the fan, that sort of pivotal moment 
So maybe this is good that we're talking about this because to be to be completely honest with you, uh, Amy, um, I feel like I'm in that moment in my life kind of right now, <laughs> and yeah. I I think a point I think a I think a lot of it has to do with just the fact that like you know it is it is busy season for in the world of entertainment and that's the world that I I, I work in in all regards like. I filled the calendar at two different spots in Long Beach, you know, with entertainment, bands, food vendors from time to time, and DJs, um, you know, curating advance sheets, getting everybody ready, making sure everybody is in touch with the sound person and in touch with, you know, the bar management and everybody knows how to get paid. And, you know, I play in three different bands, pretty much two of them being full time. Frankie and the Witch Fingers and Slaughterhouse and Slaughterhouse is uh, in the understanding that Frankie goes first and, you know, everything else that I can do on top of that comes Slaughterhouse and then Neighborhood Brats. I also got a David Bowie tribute show that I'm curating in the beginning of January that I just started getting the ball rolling on. Got a three night residency that's coming up at the end of the year at Alex's bar that Frankie and the Witch Fingers are doing that I've been very much have my hands involved in um and also you know with all that territory comes a lot on the mental because you know you gotta like write songs too you gotta tour and uh you know both bands both of my bands are slaughterhouse and frankie and the witch fingers are trying to kind of in the process of you know trying to write new records right now and also uh with Alex's bar comes in mind, you know, um, Alex and I have been hired by uh, Sean Stern of Punk Rock Bowling to curate the club shows for next year. And that's about over 30 shows at like seven different venues. So that's awesome. But it's awesome. But yeah, my, I got my, yeah. my plate is full. So to answer your question, I think I'm kind of uh, in that um, state in my life right now where, you know, I feel like everything kind of comes in in waves. And I would say that the first half of the year, like January to May, is usually a lot more lax for someone like me um, who works in the world of entertainment because, you know, everything isn't so, you know, go, 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 go all the time. So maybe I'm just saying that because six months ago or January to May was so long ago, but it didn't seem like I was that busy. But you well, because generally you've got winter, everyone's still in hibernation mode and then slowly coming out of it. So spring is that kind of transition seasonally and, you know, translates to other industries. Yeah, exactly. So right now, you know, I'm 26 years old. I'm still fairly young. And people say, people tell me all the time, like, it's like, yo, burnout is real. Like, I'm it's like, you're, it's awesome what you're doing. It's awesome. Like the things you've accomplished so far, you know, but like burnout is real. And that leads me to something that I kind of maybe wanted to talk to you about. And that is just like, what the hell does that mean? Like, what is burnout? What does it like? Can I just, does that mean like I suddenly just can't like from one day to the next day, I suddenly just can't do everything that I've been able to do for so long. Like, do does my back give out immediately like uh i don't know like that's something that is <laughs> i don't want to I, I guess i i have two fears like i'm afraid of crashing and burning 
but I'm also afraid of taking so many things off my plate that I'm going to become a lazy, complacent person. Because ever since I dropped out of college, I feel like I've been doing nothing but busting my ass with entertainment and music because, you know, it's like, well, one, I want to make sure my parents don't think I'm a fucking loser. And number two, I want to enjoy my life. I want to make money. I want to, I want to tour and play music for people. You know, I want to create, but it's like this double-edged sword, you know, it's, I, I don't want to become complacent, but I also don't want to kill myself on accident it's either. It's not black and white. There's a gray area that you can easily live with, that you can live within. Yeah. I'll take the easily off, but basically burnout is okay. So like your adrenal glands have, I mean, you know, of your adrenal glands. Yes. Well, I know what adrenaline, I'm assuming that derives from adrenaline, right? Yeah. I mean, you've got cortisol, you've got adrenaline, you've got hormones that will circulate through your body through, um, when you're, when your nervous system is engaged in the sympathetic state. So you've got the parasympathetic, which is rest and digest when your body can relax and you're calm and like your field of vision is more wide and like your body is chill, your heart rate's down. You've got what is, what is this called again? That's the par uh, parasympathetic is the par calm. Parasympathetic. Yeah. That's the calm. Okay. And then you've got the sympathetic nervous system, which is what people refer to as when you're in um, fight, flight, or freeze. I think I'm in that more than often. And that's, I guess, has its gives, it has its positives and its negatives for sure. Yeah. yeah. And most people, especially like in the world that we live in, most people, their nervous system is engaged. It's tapped into the sympathetic nervous system almost all, all the time basically when they're not, or when they're sleeping is when they're not engaged in that. So when you're <laughs> operating from your sympathetic nervous system, most of the time you've got cortisol, you've got all of these other hormones that are like coursing through your body that over time, let's just say it like oxidizes your body. It's wearing it down. So that's sort of what burnout is. So your adrenal glands will, they can be, they say it's depleted, like the the hormones and stuff from it are depleted, but basically you can fuck your adrenals up, which are the gland in your body, basically that like correlates to stress. So you need functional adrenals to not end up feeling like walking death. Basically I burned mine out like hardcore um, because like through my twenties, cause I'm 38, through my 20s, like, I mean, I was like career Whole Foods at the time, like in the wellness as like a wellness manager and stuff in the Hawaii department. And like, I was working nonstop. I'm small, I don't gain weight. So I was eating like a loaf of bread a day, you know, oh one six inch cakes, because I'm like, I don't get fat, I can eat what I want. And it's I'm like, still, that's, that's still that all that could probably fuck with your, you know, still like your, you know, your blood stream exactly. and everything. It's yeah. still sugar. Yeah. It's still like, you know, it's, it's still sugar is the end game there. So mm -hmm. um, going, 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 you can only do for so long. So the gray area that you want to live within 
is just making time in your busy day, doing the things that you love to do and that you have to do and like make time to sit and relax, whether you're actively meditating or just zoning out to some kind of ambient music, you know, do a walk where you're just like letting yourself just pay attention to the nature and not getting caught up in your thoughts about work. So it's being strategic with your day where you combine, uh, you know, like, de-stressing time to counter your day-to-day life i know and uh yeah you're right stomach problems i mean remember we're on a podcast this is not one of my coaching sessions but like no i know i know go ahead probably tie into a lot of that oh no for sure and i remember the exact moment in time when those problems started to arise it was like probably like one of the most stressful times in my life and it was like five years ago um you know it was uh I just transferred to Cal State Fullerton studying business I was living on my own for the first time at an apartment in Long Beach and I was commuting from Fullerton to Pedro to Long Beach almost like at least five times a week because you know I was playing in two different bands I was still working my main job, working for Alex's because I've worked there for a long time. And I was training for another job at the time, a more like blue collar, casual longshoring job that I still technically have in the back of my uh, back of my pocket. But uh, it's uh, it's very slow right now. So I haven't really worked in a while. Um, And yeah, I just crashed and burned. And uh, I think it was like September 8th, 2018, where I just woke up one morning and I've just never felt the same since then. And there's good days and bad days. And I've been to probably like five different doctors, Eastern Eastern medicine doctors, um, Western medicine, like in a bunch of different kinds of each, you know. And still, it's just like nothing. So I know at the end of the day, but I know I feel the best when I'm like, you know, okay up here for sure. Here's an advert in less than 50 seconds. Are you sick and tired of feeling sick and tired? Do you want to feel better in your mind and body? Then check out the wellness coaching that I offer. It's kind of like therapy. You can share what's on your mind, and then it's all about taking action. You'll learn new tools to help you heal and grow through what's tripping you up. We can focus on anything from physical health to mental health. Schedule a free 15-minute consult over on the website to learn more. And check out our healthy touring course. This self-guided online video course is for any level of musician. Whether you tour all the time or only sometimes, you'll learn a ton if your goal is to play better, feel better, and be better. With special appearances by members of Descendants, Teenage Bottle Rocket, The Last Gang, Lawrence Arms, and more. Head over to the website for all the details. Now, back to the interview. Going back to what you said, too, about that gray area. Do you know Letty uh, from, have you ever heard of a band called the Schizophonics? Uh, yeah, are they, the, they're out of San Diego? Yeah, you might want to have her on. She's, uh, she's, she's a great person to talk to. And, like, you know, her and I kind of talk about this. And she's like, this may sound stupid, but have you ever considered, like, putting, like, Nick on your calendar? <laughs> like, like, you know, like, Nick time? Because I know that sounds dumb, but I literally had to start doing that. And, like, I feel so much better. Like, she's like, I'll go to the gym. I'll go skating. I'll leave my phone at home. And uh, it's done. And mind you, she's, I think she's about your age. 
Um, and, you know, I know that it takes time for people to figure this out because a lot of the times too, it's like what you were saying. It's like, you know, when you were busting your ass in your twenties, you know, you feel almost invincible, but it does kind of, you know, those, uh, what are they, the, the type of, uh, hormones start to burn out, you said, or something like that. Yeah. And I, I don't want that to happen. I have realized that like, you know, on the days where, you know, I leave my phone at home and uh, take my dog for a walk and say hello to the neighbors and simple shit like that makes me really fucking happy compared to, you know, the stuff that makes me happy, which is work related to too, you know, and speaking it out loud doesn't sound that hard, but I don't know. I have this anxiety because like a lot of people rely on me. And the last thing I want is to become unreliable for not responding or not, getting back within ample time but then i also know that like if you put too much on your plate you know it's you're gonna end up letting down more people instead of like just letting down one person see like you know the thing is like i i'm pretty Logically, you get it yeah i'm a pretty smart person like to be honest and like no fucking no uh like i have the tools it's just using them is the hardest part for sure and yeah. i i'm i feel like i'm in this like breaking point in my life right now to be example to to give you a good example a bit of a wake-up call i guess that i had literally the day i got back from a month long month long tour with frankie and the witch fingers and i i don't care if this is recording i'll take the fault for it yeah i got in my first fender bender ever and i fucking rear-ended the shit out of somebody uh because i was typing in an address on my phone going somewhere to where i didn't know where i should have been going and yeah, um, I fucked up. Uh, I had very nice, affordable car insurance, and it's probably gonna go up. Uh, I've been having to bother borrow my mom's car and curate times with her to when I could use it. And my dad has been having to give me rides a couple times because of my drums. And I've had to have some friends uh, use the, uh, pick me up in their trucks for drums when my pops is working and stuff like that. And it's just more stress, you know, and I could have prevented all that by just not being a fucking idiot. And, you know, there's luckily I'm OK. Luckily, the person I hit is OK. Insurance is figuring it out. Luckily, I only had to it's only 500 bucks out of my ass instead of the six thousand dollars of damages to my front end. But I'm not beating myself up. I've, I've forgiven myself and I'm in a way like as simple and as stupid as a fender bender is, like, in a way, it's kind of just like, all right, God damn it, you gotta another you gotta wake up call. Yeah, exactly. You know, and uh, I guess I could say too that something else that has been, I don't know. I, I feel like I'm. I, I should stop for a second. I should let you do the talking here now. <laughs> um. Well, I was gonna ask you if you're good at forgiving yourself. So that's a really good question because that's something I literally just kind of got into uh, the other day, not the other day, a few weeks ago while I was on tour. And it was kind of a big realization I had. So we were playing uh, we were, Frankie and the Witch Fingers. We were doing two nights in Denver, both sold out, like two shows we were very much looking forward to the entire tour because they were at the end of the tour, toward the end of the tour. It was the third and second to last shows. And then the last show was in Albuquerque. But first night of tour, you know, I'm excited all day. Um, I mean, it's the first night of the 
first night of the first two sold out shows. Yeah. Denver night one. Denver night one. I'm super excited. I'm fucking hyped up all day. We get there's like a lighting guy who's doing visuals. I'm chopping it up with a sound guy. You know, I'm excited all day. And then like five minutes before we go on, I can't fucking find the set list that I print because it's my job to kind of like, you know, and I kind of just throw a fit because like I'm upset at myself and I'm afraid that like my bandmates are going to be upset at me when in reality they don't really give a fuck. And I know that. But like when there's a bunch of people outside and you're, you know, and you're already running late because the first band went on late and like. You know, you don't, you just got people waiting. You got people waiting on you. I fucking hate that feeling more than anything. And it makes me tense up into like this like nervous ball of energy where I feel like the world is crashing down on me and everybody's upset at me. And I remember immediately my guitar player, Josh, was like, dude, it's, it's no big deal. And like, we'll just write sets. It's fine. If we go on two minutes later, don't worry about it. And I don't want to get into the details, but I had a horrible show. Uh, internally not really on the outside looking in i think it's safe to say that the majority of the audience there enjoyed it you know they came up to me after and that's almost a shitty feeling too you know when it's like you know you don't feel like you could have delivered your utmost performance right and you know you feel like you kind of like not really necessarily the audience down because you know, they had a good time but you let yourself down and you let your team down and i don't want to get into the details but that was a very 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 rough night for me uh, physically and emotionally. And I remember I got, I didn't fall asleep until very, very late that night. I'm talking like five in the morning because I was just harbored in my own thoughts. And, but I did something productive and I wrote down like an, not an essay, but like a long, long journal entry that I haven't done in a long time to kind of be like, really write out what happened what I felt during it and what I felt after. And I think that the biggest conclusion that I made from it was like, I'm a very forgiving person to other people, almost to a fault. I almost let too many people in. Uh -huh. uh, so like, you know what I mean by that? Like, and I know that leads to get getting taken advantage of and well, it's the other side of the coin of being hard on yourself, being, you know, wanting to keep everybody else like comfortable and taken care of. And that's the thing. And that's the thing. It's like, I realized I'm a very forgiving person toward other people. Like if somebody wrongs me or I don't know, does wrongs me in any way, big or small, nine out of 10 times, I don't really hold any resentment. I'm just like, whatever, I can give a fuck, but I could be so much better at forgiving myself and that is something that I really have been trying to work on in these last few weeks because mind you this this was only shit barely three weeks ago this this moment I had and I've kind of I've been telling myself like it's okay to be a little bit you know I guess selfish in that regard to where like you need to forgive yourself because like after that show man I literally was like uh, what's the guy's name uh, from fucking Winnie the Pooh? Um, Eeyore. I was fucking Eeyore the rest of the night. And like when instead I could have been partying with the band we were on tour with at our Airbnb and just having a good time. And instead, like I was in the van by myself in the freezing cold for like two hours, like sobbing. And I just couldn't stop. And I just felt like an idiot. And it's so hard for me to get out of that 
state of mind and that yeah i just it's it's hard to snap myself out of it once i'm once i get there and i i know there's ways to get out of those things but i think the easier thing is to just be like make sure you don't get there in the first place you know and i think a way to do that is just be like all right no one is out to get you you're like only out to get yourself like no one is as mad at you as you think you are like put yourself in somebody else's shoes like i don't know like if dylan couldn't find the set lists my singer i'd be like okay whatever i'll fucking write them out really quick it's fine like but because of me not wanting to let my team down or anything it's just like that leads to the existential question of like, oh my God, did these people only like me because they like me because I'm, I'm, you know, I'm helping them do, you know, that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother like deep rooted thing from my childhood where it's just like, I was the ostracized weirdo kid who was chubby until I was like 19 years old and I never played sports and I was always the fucking outcast weird kid who was playing music and nobody did that and now all of a sudden when I realized like oh okay like this is actually something I could do with my life as an adult and then all of a sudden people want to kind of fucking milk you for it then you start to be like oh my god like what is going on here like you didn't fucking care about me when I was just like this normal ass piece of shit like terrible student like I'm getting off topic here, but that you're good. My relationships in my life, platonic relationships, I mean, are very even romantic. A lot of those like thoughts from my childhood and my teens are very hard to unlearn. And I've been working on that in therapy and been trying to at least in these last few months have been really hard because, you know, I've been gone a lot and you know, when you're on tour too, it's, it's really hard to do therapy on the road too, because I think on this last US tour I did, I think I had my own bedroom to myself on like two nights of the entire month long tour. You know, you always got to at least share a hotel room or an Airbnb room with somebody or, you know, and then by the time you get on a, you know, after a long ass drive to get to the venue and you sound check, it's like, man, I don't want to, I don't want to talk to a therapist for 45 minutes to an hour. I want to go like, fucking eat food or something or take a nap or something you know it's it's a it's a grueling I'm very I'm I'm so I know it sounds like I'm complaining but like I'm I I, if there's anything that I want to emphasize to anybody um, listening to this or to anybody in my life it's like I'm so grateful to be doing what I'm doing and touring and playing music for people is truly like no other job in the world. And the payoff when it's good is truly the greatest feeling in the world. Uh, but it also doesn't come without a cost too. And you really need to make steps and uh, you know take initiative to take care of yourself as much as you can. And it's it's hard. It's a very unapologetic world in that regard where it's hard for people on the outside looking in to realize that like, you know, you're uh you're just a normal person just as much as they are you know you just happen to be playing music for people yeah well let me ask you this because you had put this on your forum as something that you wanted to talk about and I think this is a good you know follow-up um you wanted to talk about the beauty of touring despite its mental and physical drawbacks so yeah I would say that out of since I've been seriously touring since about 
I want to say that I've been seriously touring, meaning like my uh, like being on the road at least four months out of the year started in 2019 with Neighborhood Brats, actually, and then filling in for Mike Watt uh, and the uh, bass player. I'm sure uh, most people listening know this is. And since I've been touring pretty seriously since then, with the exception of 2020, because we all know what happened then, um, I would say that I've met some of the greatest like people in my life from being on the road and I'm I don't know I'm extrovert like in nature despite being like the kid who got like you know fucked with a lot for you know being this like weirdo chubby kid and everything when I was uh elementary and high school and everything I still am extroverted at heart so I love meeting new people I love playing music for people. I love making people smile, whether if it's with just me being who I am or with, you know, the music that me and my bandmates play together. It's it's really cool, like, to just meet. Uh, like, for example, like, when I did my, like, when I did uh, the Neighborhood Brats tour in 2019 and the Mike Watt tour in 2019, I realized it's not just, like, the cool like i guess quote unquote famous like punk people you might meet or whatever but it's also like the normal friends of friends who um let you crash at their house for the night and you kind of realize like wow these people are like seriously some of the coolest people in the world and just like meeting and talking with so many people who have the same interests as you and just i don't know stuff like that gets me off in in a weird way where it's like you know you might the guy's house you might be crashing at has a record on his wall that like oh my god i love that album and then like you know and then you're having a beer about it and then you're just like geeking out about it and i guess what i'm saying it's like and then when you actually play a show for people as well it's and you play a good show for people despite if you're playing in front of 20 people or 200 people or sometimes even 2000 people you know as long as you have this like sort of general feeling that like they enjoyed it and you enjoyed it as well, it's kind of like a give and take between the audience. And it's like a synergy between the audience yeah. and your bandmates and you on stage where it's like, if they're feeling good and if you're feeling good, it's like the best feeling ever. And like, you know, they buy a shirt after and then like, you know, you might be wandering outside after and like, be like oh, can you sign my shirt? And be like, yeah, sure. That's funny. I don't know. And I don't know, I was talking with my friend Paul, who plays drums in the OCs, and uh, I saw them play uh, the show at the chapel a couple months ago. And like, you know, we were just hanging out after, you know, and he, he said to me kind of like what we're talking about here. It's like, yo, it's like I'm, I kind of asked him, I was like, dude, you've been you go hard as hell, like almost as hard. I mean, as hard as me, like and, you know, you're like, I think he just turned. I think he just turned 45. I'm just like, how are you? I'm like, I forgot exactly what he said, but he just, it stuck with me where he said like, dude, like, I know, like, I'm tired a lot. I know you're tired a lot, but like, you know, if you take care of yourself a little bit more and like, which I'm learning to still do like well into my early forties, it's like, it's way better than fucking sitting down and clocking in somewhere and, you know, slaving away for somebody else. And he's fucking right. When you realize when you realize that touring is a job and you treat it like a job, 
but you also are realize how uh lucky you are to be doing it at the same time that's kind of the beauty of it it's like it's like yeah man you can't expect every job to be easy i mean right like it's like with touring it's like most of the time the 45 minutes to an hour on stage is kind of the best part of the whole damn process when you know the driving and everything else is not really necessarily the best you know you might be running on four hours of sleep and eating dinner at one in the morning because you didn't get to eat before you played at an ample time so you might have accidentally or unpurposely stuffed your face right before bed at a hotel room it's like oh shit we got a seven hour drive now you gotta do i have time to take a shower um do i have time to go to the bathroom do i have time to get coffee do i have time to take my supplements did i remember to take my medication um who's gonna be the first one to drive um do we have an interview that we need to do uh what's the sound guy gonna be like at the venue do i have time to go for a walk before i play do i have time to eat before i play do i have time to take a nap again it's just there's every there's day so much up in the air yeah yeah every it's every it's it's like purgatory in a weird way every bit every way is a new day and despite the day that you had whether it was good or bad you gotta fucking snap yourself out of it to an extent to you know deliver deliver the reason to the people why you're there in the first place and exactly. i think that i think that's what keeps me going it's like if there's 20 200 to 2000 people that came to see us or you know to, to see us play it's like okay like you got to do your fucking job i don't know i kind of rambled there and i'm it was tough for me to kind of articulately explain that but yeah it's touring is very tough but the the payoff totally totally when it feels good outweighs the the negative side of it for sure yeah, for yeah. sure yeah and to be lucky and to be honest too i'm very i'm lucky in the sense of how i'm touring. i'm fucking blessed in the last four or five years since i've been seriously touring that i don't have to worry about where i'm going to be staying uh you know i'm always at least going to have nine at 99 of the time i know i'm gonna have a hotel or a bedroom uh, at a friend's house or um, an Airbnb to stay for the night. You know, I don't have to, I don't have to worry about that, which is, I'm so grateful for, you know, I don't take that fucking for granted yeah, at that's all. A huge slice of the pie. Right Straight up. I know for a long time, touring was way worse. Like, you know, you were fighting with the promoter to get a decent amount of money. It's like, I've, I've, I can't remember the last time I've had to do that. I think with my first band ever, we've had to do that when I was like, up until I was like 19, 20 years old. But ever since I've turned 21, that definitely has not been a thing. So yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, I know in a way it sounds like I'm complaining in a lot of ways, but no, these are just things that happen. Yeah. It's, I'm, I'm keeping it real there. It's just, it's just what it is, but I'm super 100% grateful to be where I'm at. Like, and I only want to keep growing. It's kind of like a never ending. It's like a never ending rope that I'm climbing. I don't feel like I'm ever going to get people ask like, yo, like you guys are like there. I'm like, fuck no, hell no, we're not there. Like, sure. We sold out the Troubadour. Sure. We sold out our Seattle show. Sure. Our Portland show is about to sell out, but like, 
there's only like 20 tickets sold to our Santa Cruz show right now. <laughs> I mean, I mean, that's and then a, you could do double or triple nights in those places. Exactly. Can you all those. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, that's a joke here, but you know, I'm joking there, but like, nah, man, I feel like I'm climbing a rope that's, you know, to the top that's never ending. I don't, Welcome I don't, to life. exactly. You know, all aspects. <laughs> I know. I, I think people need to realize that just because what I do is a little bit different. Yeah. Like professionally, it's really nothing different than what everybody else does, in my opinion. You know, I know there's a lot of people who work in corporate and tech and office jobs and, you know, uh, in blue collar jobs too, where it's just like, you know, getting to the union and stuff like that too. And like, once you actually get to the union, it's like, is it, you know, there's, there's never, there's never really like an end game in my opinion to any sort of career path. It's like, you're always going to, you're always going to be working to something yeah. higher. And, and ideally, yeah. Like ideally you always want to be expanding and growing and learning new stuff. So. And that's the thing too about that as well it's like people say you know it's like oh my god you're so good at drums like blah, blah blah well first of all it's the only fucking instrument i know how to play like yeah i know at this point i've been playing for almost 17 years now and you know i could say at this point like yeah i'm a good drummer but it's the only fucking instrument i know how to play and i could be a lot better at other things and i guess what i'm saying from that is it's like yeah, I know I'm a good drummer, but holy shit, there's still so much more to learn. There's certain drummers I see um, on the internet and certain drummers that show from time to time where it's just like, yo, holy shit, man. Like, you know, I'm constantly inspired. That dude, that's on, the dude on Instagram, I can't remember what he goes by. He's like, he's like Russian or something. He's got the beard and he plays like crazy fast stuff, like with one hand. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, I don't know. I don't think yeah. I've seen that. Yeah. He's wild. I, I got to find something from Allison to you. I feel like I'm going to be learning something new until the day I die, honestly, especially when it comes to with drumming. And that's what, that's what constantly keeps me inspired. I, I've realized is like, discovering something new musically and wanting to like incorporate that into my drumming. And I think that's something I've also realized in the last few years is like, I was a fan of music in general first through my dad when I was five years old. I heard a Rush song when I was like five years old and I was like, yo, I like music. And then I had no desire to play drums. And then somehow, some way, long story short, I started playing drums when I was 10. And then I think what want, that kept wanting me to become a better drummer was being like, was just discovering and listening to new music. And, and that's what makes me, you know, super into records and, you know, discovering a new record that make, that makes me want to, you know, be like, oh, that was cool what that guy did there. Maybe I can incorporate that into the, my own music that I play. You know, that's, that's what keeps me going. And that's what keeps me um, creative and wanting yeah. to my, one of my best friends who he's the type of friend who kind of like hazes me 90% out of the time, but like 10% out of the time, like tells me he, he's, he's, he's told me something a couple of years ago. It's like, I'm super proud of you. And like, you're at where you're at because you're open about what you love and like love attracts love or something uh -huh. like that. And like you said, like, if you're passionate about what you're into, it's like people are going to be attracted to that. And I think that's definitely gotten me to where I'm at, in, in my opinion. But that also has its drawbacks, too. When you're super passionate about something, sometimes that can, you know, like, for example, to I don't know, 
me beating myself up if I made like one little small mistake during a set and being worried if like it upset my bandmates or somebody in the audience noticed or you know it's being passionate definitely has its uh has its gives and takes for sure but I can't I can't help the way I am I like being a passionate person it it makes yeah it makes it makes me who I am you stay passionate, but then you just learn some other tips and tricks on how to, you know, mitigate and be on top of the um, side effects of it, as you'd yeah. say. Mm-hmm. If you had to have a day to yourself, which I might end up making you do, and you're going to have to like, <laughs> you know, picture it didn't happen, a self-care day, Nick's day of rejuvenation, what would uh-huh. it be? Well, let's see. Food, sleeping, where would you go? Stuff like well, that. I'd, I'd wake up with hopefully eight hours of sleep. I would go on a simple one to maybe two mile jog, take a shower, drink some coffee, eat some oatmeal with maybe some almond butter in there. Um, I... T- uh man, I don't even know. I see now. I'm like thinking. I don't know. I'd hop on my computer and do work. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, that's unfortunately where my mind goes. Um, maybe I'd go to a record store I've never been to, or something like that. Um, you know, I mean, in, in somewhere on my list I've been meaning to go. Maybe I'd get lunch with a friend after. Then maybe I'd take my dog for a walk, and then maybe I'd watch one of the 200 movies that are on my watch list that I've been meaning to watch. You know. Uh, people love to give me shit for not seeing, I've never seen an Austin Powers movie in my life or something. <laughs> you know, I know something like that. You know, I've never seen the Goonies for Christ's sake. I've never, never seen, uh, I don't know, Nightmare Before Christmas, you know? Um, have you seen like, the Big Lebowski? Yes. That's one of my favorites. I, I have I seen the Big Lebowski. I do love <laughs> the Big Lebowski. Um, yeah. You know, I, I'd like to sit down and not worried about a work-related question that's sitting there for me right now, actually, uh, you know, and just watch a movie, you know, hang out with my parents, you know, cause they're getting, you know, they're getting older and I'm an only child. And, you know, I, you know, would like to not worry too much about what somebody else needs for me and just worry about what I need for myself on certain days. And I know that almost makes you sound boring because my whole personality is almost so in, you know, um ingrained with all things music related. But you know, it's 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 been tough for me to um find a lot of other interests or hobbies because I've been just so busy with music. You know what I would do too? I can't remember the last time I've really sat down and play drums just for myself i feel like every time i've sat down behind a drum set these last few months um i've just been okay time to practice or time to write you know it's not it's not really like like just yeah i can't remember the last time i sat behind the drums and used it as like an outlet to bang you know i had a rough day i'm gonna go fucking play drums i can't remember the last time i've done that I haven't been able to set up my drums in my garage in a long time because they're at my studio where I have to have them all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's uh it's important to think about these things. So thank you for putting that in my head. <laughs> yeah. That's a good it's a good list of stuff that you uh will do sometime in the next 
by the end of the year, you're going to pick a day and you're going to actually do that. And the world will continue even if you do that. Yeah. And like, there's certain days on my calendar that are like, you know, open in like a month or two. And then, you know, they might end up getting filled where it's just like, I was like, Hey, can you do a, can you, can you do a photo shoot this day? Can you do an interview that day? Um, you know, can we practice this day? You know, I'll be like, well, I'm free this day. Sure. Pencil that in, right. you know, right. it's, it's tough, but I know taking care of yourself is more important than anything. And yeah, it's. And the fact that you know that and you have that awareness, I mean, that it is the first step to any kind of forward movement or change. So you have to be aware of it before anything else can happen. And you are. So, like I said, I, I have the tools. It's just using them is the hardest part. And I don't really know what is going I don't want to have a break. I don't want to have like a breaking point either. Like, sure, the car accident I got in was, you know, but like, I don't know, I'm not in jail. I'm not, I'm not hooked on drugs. I'm not, I'm not an alcoholic. I mean, I mean, to be honest, I probably shouldn't drink as much as I should, but you know, it's so involved in the entertainment life that like, you know, I might just be drinking for the hell of it, but let's just say I, I haven't hit rock bottom and uh, I don't want to have to hit rock bottom in order to, yeah. you know, in order to have to like flip my life around overnight. Like I, but I want to start using these tools is what I'm saying. Yeah. Instead of just being like, ah, oh, like I fuck off. I know, I know, I know, I know, but I'm fine, but I'm not fine. Right. So for someone, what would you tell someone who would maybe want to play drums, but hasn't, or like want to get into music in some way or some kind of like hobby but they're like, they don't think they're good enough or like, what would you say to that? I would definitely say just absolutely go for it. Despite, you know, you, it's like, it's like when you're a kid riding a bike or a skateboard for the first time, you're most likely going to fall. You can't have a great payoff without great failures first. You know, it's for the first six months of me teaching myself how to play drums um, I didn't even use my kick pedal. Like I didn't even use my feet. I was all hands. And then when I finally started to like, feel like I was a little more comfortable behind a kit, I was like, oh, okay, I'm pretty comfortable with my hands now. Let me start adding my foot in there a little bit. And then I started adding my left foot in there. So I guess what I'm saying is with anything in your life, seriously, anything, you know, you're saying like, oh, I can't do that hike. It's too long. Or I can't, I can't run that far. It's too long. Or I can't finish that book. It's, it's too long. Or that's all that is just in your head. Sure. It's going to take time, but nothing great, nothing great that somebody could do does not come out of this doesn't fall right onto your lap. It's going to take work and it's going to take persistence. But once you actually pay, once you get there and have that payoff it truly is like the greatest feeling in the world and once you feel that you're just going to keep wanting to get to the next thing and the next thing and it never ends but isn't that like what life is all about don't you want to keep feeling good and you want to keep like feeling like you're checking things off the the uh the mental checkboard in your in your life because then life would just be boring i mean right, right. You, like what if you're just doing the you know if you're doing the same thing every day for the rest of your life with no excitement of any sort, then 
you're gonna you're gonna get complacent you're gonna get depressed and you know then you're gonna feel like life isn't worth living and it totally is there are so many things out there that make it worth living and i'm very lucky that i found out those things at a very young age and i'm fucking 100 grateful to be living that right now even though it does get tough at some times because i am a human being just like everybody else that's right. Yeah. And yeah. it drives me nuts when people do try and, um, what do I want to say? Uh, I can't think of the word. Um, like, oh, my problems aren't that bad because this person has it worse. You know, I'm completely drawing a blank on the word. But when they do that, it's like your problems are very much valid, even if it's, you know, you're not in some third world country or something. What you're feeling is relevant. Yeah. And how to have those feelings i uh there's somebody in my life uh who i know uh who's way way older than me she's like she's like my mom's age and like i don't know if i'm ever just like for lack of better terms bitching or complaining about something and she's just like well at least you don't have cancer or something like that it's like yeah of course it's like well what if i fucking did what if i got cancer tomorrow huh how would that would you, how would you feel about that you know it's just like that is just none of that is not productive at all that's just valuing i think that's what i was gonna say like yeah that makes sense yeah, yeah. It's, that is just like i don't know what do you say to that well at least you don't have cancer it's like well i fucking wish i did you know like what do you <laughs> like what do you fucking what do you say to that i don't know yeah you say okay and then just don't talk to them about yeah it. <laughs> yeah yeah or shut yeah. it down or ever again yeah or that um but no like you um all the all of your experiences you know have have brought so much awesome growth into your life and where what you see could be areas that could be better you know like again the awareness like all of that is cool and the struggles that you have with music and with your career stuff it's like you know are being on tour and complaining again like they're your experiences and it's okay to have them you know i did think of a quote too honestly that has i know i know you probably want to segue into that but i know we're um, here right now let's hear it here? so nick do you have a quote that you <laughs> like a lot <laughs> yeah i do and it's something that has really there's so many quotes and so many things that i've read from philosophers and friends and family and things that you know you know, one of my favorites is a, an old classic parenting one that my dad said, I brought you into this world. I could take you right out of it, too. You know, that's a classic. But the one that has really resonated with me was from Mike Watt. And it can it can mean a lot, be interpreted in a lot of different ways. It's very simple. It's not where you're from. It's where you're at. And in my opinion, the way I have always viewed that is it doesn't matter where the hell you come from. It doesn't matter who raised you. It doesn't matter. All that means nothing. You can overcome any of that. And I mean, it's, it's simple black. It's a simple black and white thing. It's like, it isn't where you're from. It is where you're at. It's like, you can't look back on your past and be like, this is why I, um, why I am because right. of the, because of this it's like you can overcome that there's ways right. to to unlearn things it's like yeah, yeah sure it doesn't have to trap you you can be aware of it and then okay now what what do you do with it moving forward yeah that echoes in in my in my in my head too and i guess another one too is another simple one from my dad and 
it's just it's like stay humble. I feel like he always I f- he always has said that to me growing up, you know. And even though he's like really proud of me and gasses me up a lot, he always still at the end of the day like says stay humble. And I think if you stay humble, there you know you are the more humble you are and the harder that you work, the more success that you will have because no one. I'll tell you right now, I think it's safe to say that nobody likes a hot-headed person. And, yeah. you know, I know I could be egotistical and I know I could be um, out there and extroverted. That makes people threatened by me. That, like, it makes it feel, oh, he probably thinks he's hot shit. It's like, well, little did you know that I fucking cried for five hours after I played my show tonight. So I ain't, I ain't as fucking, you know, I ain't as hot shit as you think I think I am. You know, <laughs> everybody, everybody's got their demons inside yeah. and, you know. Absolutely. Um, you know, I'm not faking it until I'm making it, you know, I'm, I'm being wholly unapologetically myself and I'm not really afraid to admit that. And, you know, if people don't like me for that, it's fucking it's fine by me. I don't care. <laughs> I'm, I got enough things that make, and I, I got enough things and enough people in my life who, and mind you, it's a very small few people who love me for who I am. And that's fine by me. And everybody else is just icing on the cake. (laughs) First and foremost, yes, the small amount of people, but you, you got to love yourself. That's like number one on the list. And you know what? I do. And it's, it's hard to on certain days. um, But a lot of the times, you know, I, I do. And I'm very grateful to be out of that mental hole that I was really deep in a few years ago. And it's still... I'm learning something new every day with how to be kinder to myself and how to be more forgiving of myself and how to be more loving toward me. Because I know that's just going to make my relationships with others much better at the end of the day too. Absolutely. Totally. Um, So it's not where you're from. It's where you're at and stay humble. There you go. (laughs) And you didn't think you'd had a quote and you got two of them. Got two of them. (laughs) I told you. During the interview, everybody thinks of them if they don't have one. Well, you know, when you're a person like me who doesn't know how to shut the fuck up, you know, every once in a while, something's going to creep in the back of your head. It's like, oh, I remember now. Yeah. Um, Okay. So the tagline for my business, I do the podcast, but then I do wellness coaching. I sell supplements. Uh, The tagline is delay dying. So I like to ask everybody, if you had to give someone tips or advice on how to delay dying, or in other words, live happier and healthier. What would you say? <laughs> I would say that I don't want anyone to take this in a literal sense because obviously it's, uh, you know, it's bad to be selfish, but being selfish is is okay. <laughs> being selfish is okay. You know, going to put in the, putting the phone down and putting the laptop down at a decent time so you can get a good night's sleep or give yourself an extra hour to make a healthy dinner or to go on a walk or call your grandma. That's okay. The work will be there the next day. And I'll tell you right now too, at the end of the day, we're only here for so long. So just fucking enjoy it while you can and try to, whenever you have that moment where it's just like, man, fuck this job, fuck this person, be like, you know what? Why am I letting this bother me? Like there's two, there's then zoom out and think about what makes you happy and be like, you know what? I'm going to go do that right now because fuck all this other shit. I'm only here for so long. I'm going to do something that makes me happy. Yeah. It's good. 
more people need to do that. You passed the <laughs> test. Congratulations. <laughs> um, I think I, I think I got like a B minus. I don't know. <laughs> no, I would give you I would give you a B plus. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like that. A minus. You got an A minus. Uh, all right, cool. Um, there's some tangents in there, so. You oh, know. I know. I'm an. I'm an. I, I'm sorry. I should have warned you. <laughs> I should have warned you. Or Jenny um, should have warned you. Jesus. <laughs> Uh, do you have anything cool coming up, coming out for anything in your world uh, this autumn? Um, yeah. So um, my band, Frankie and the Witch Fingers, I guess I could say what's going on for the rest of the year is uh, we're going to Australia for the second time in uh, two years in a row, which is insane. We're going to be there the last week of November, we're doing like five shows out there. Uh, we're doing, we're doing, uh, I'll tell you right now, we're doing Brisbane, Gold Coast, two shows in Melbourne and uh, Sydney. Um, so I'm really looking forward to that. I'll tell you right now, I'm not really looking forward to the jet lag again, because it's the worst jet lag you will ever experience in your life, because <laughs> you're literally going forward in time and then going back. And then we're pretty much done with touring for the end of the year, uh, except we're doing three nights at Alex's bar in Long Beach where I work uh, New Year's Eve weekend with three different lineups each night, which I'm extremely proud of myself for putting those lineups together. Obviously my bandmates helps, but like, you know, they know I'm the guy who's like, you know, it's like, yeah, can you, we trust you figure it out. Yeah. First night we got us, uh, the paranoids, Mike Watt and the missing men and bomb bon. Second night we got me spiritual cramp. I mean me Frankie and the witch fingers. <laughs> Spiritual Cramp, Paul Quattrone from the OCs doing his solo project, Expensive Shit, and my buddy's band, Hoop Jail. And then on New Year's, we got no other than Off, uh, the super group of, you know, Keith Morris and Mari Rubicalba and Autry and, uh, oh my God, and Dimitri, of course, and they're headlining, and then us, and then we got our buddies, the Schizophonics, opening up the show. So that's going to be a hell of a New Year's Eve party for sure. And I'd love for all of you guys to come to any of those shows because they're going to be fun. I uh, got some shows with Slaughterhouse in November as well. We're playing in San Pedro on November 9th, the headline show at the Sardine, and then November 10th in San Francisco at the Knockout. And I think that's pretty much all my shows for the uh, the rest of the year that I, at least I'm at liberty to say right now. Yeah, follow me on Instagram if you want to keep up. I'm Nick Guy One, N I C K G U Y O N E. And yeah, uh, love yourself and love others and uh, go to sleep. <laughs> I love it. Dude, thank you for making time out of your very busy life and uh, sharing what's in your brain and where you want to go and, you know, what's made you, you and all of it. Thank you so much. Uh, no, thank you, Amy. Um, like I said, sorry for tangenting. It's a point of contention in interviews with my bands. Um, yeah. <laughs>